Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kimbu, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hey, y'all, it's Kim Boo. Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table. We are on episode 27, which blows my mind a little bit. I've been uploading these things, our past episodes, to YouTube. And wow, we've covered a lot of material, but we've still got a lot more to go. So we're happy that you're here to join us again around the Writer's Table Brief introduction, I'm Kim Boo York. I am a romance novelist and former project manager who helps writers and solopreneurs find time, mojo, and motivation to create. I do a lot of coaching as well. And of course, I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, uh, Gina, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, Kim Boo. Hello, listeners. Great to be here today. I'm Gina Hogan Edwards, and I am passionate about supporting women and finding their voice, especially on the page, and just leaning into their creativity. And of course, we are also have the wonderful Melody, who has been working out in the hot sun for the last few weeks as summer <laughs> kills us all. And tell us a little about yourself, Miss Melody. Thanks, Kim Boo. And welcome, listeners. I am so happy you have taken time out of your busy schedules to listen to us. And my name is Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons. This week, or with this episode, week, episode, year, I don't know anymore <laughs> what is time, right? Um, we're starting something new. We're going to open up with a short little roundtable discussion about what we're up to because we have so much going on. And I know we've talked to you listeners a few times about projects that we're doing as we've covered the, the topics that we've been talking about, but we want to give you guys a little bit of an insight into what is actually going on with us as writers, as professionals, and as people who are, you know, got a lot of projects going on. So I'm going to put Gina on the hot table first. What's, what's on your agenda these days, writing wise, and what are you doing? Mm, well, I have two things business-wise that are going on. One is the Story Camp Writing Retreat, which, which is coming up. Yes. yes. Well, it's my favorite thing to do, honestly. Um, it's coming up October 31st through November 5th. We've got eight women in the house on the beach at St. George Island. Um, currently, I'm doing these once or twice a year. And right now, I'm focusing on creating, we do little mini workshops, uh, through the course of the days. There's a lot of time for writing and self-care, but uh, we will do some workshops. So that's what I'm working on for the retreat. And then for my writing, um, I'm trying to, <laughs> I am trying to figure out this, these platforms, uh, Reem for one, Reem Stories mm -hmm. and Substack. And how I'm going to share both fiction and nonfiction on those platforms. I have a wonderful mm -hmm. intern this year who's helping me, or this semester, 
who's helping me with a nonfiction book that is related to what we're talking about on this podcast, which is the creativity cycle. So I'm, I'm working on that and working on figuring out these platforms. So that's keeping me plenty busy, ladies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, seriously. How about you, Melody? I know you, you're still working on that novel, but are you doing anything else or is that mostly oh, what's got no. your time? I had put my feet up on the beach. That's all I'm doing. Oh, oh, yeah. lucky you. So that, that I, was, a... I was like, uh, okay, let's okay. do that instead. <laughs> I, I did that one day. <laughs> so uh, the re- rest of that was a big fat lie. Because a lot of shifts and changes are going on in my life right now. One includes mm-hmm. exiting a job, mm-hmm. moving, and opening up some time and space to um, continue to manifest one of my dreams, and that is to have to own a piece of property in northern Wisconsin where I grew up in the land that I love. So... Though these changes were a bit of a surprise, they only got notified a couple of weeks ago, I can see how much I relief I feel in having the weight of those responsibilities uh, released. So I'm looking forward to that. Sadly, I haven't been doing much writing lately because in addition to that, I have nearly a full-time landscaping business Kimbo's oh, that's really taken off over the course of this year like yes business landscaper and a designer and that has got me really busy this year I'm grateful for that and so I can focus on that and just looking forward to getting back into writing my historical novels so mm. I am looking forward to that You'll have plenty of time to do that when you get into that cabin in Wisconsin. And I meant to (laughs) tell you, my pop, who does the introduction for our podcast, um, Mm -hmm. told me to tell you that when you get moved, we're coming up there because he wants to go fishing in Wisconsin. Oh, absolutely. You cannot hardly throw a stone in northern Wisconsin without hitting a lake. So he is welcome to come. I'm going to build me a little my guest ca- uh, cabins so uh, my writer friends can come up and have some Woo-hoo! quiet and some retreat time up there i'm just really looking forward to hurry it. hurry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what about you kimbu uh, oh what about kimbu so kimbu's got so many irons in the fire which is Anybody who knows me knows nothing unusual about that. Uh, I am starting some uh, more accessible coaching. I think there are gigs on Fiverr, and Fiverr is not really a freelancing gig site I've used much. So there's a learning curve there. That's kind of what I've been focusing on this week. I'm offering coaching and also other services for writers there. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm I love working with writers. I love masterminding and productivity stuff so anybody who's worked with me before knows that something i really enjoy so i hope i get some clients as for writing uh transmigrated terry which is my portal fantasy serial that i started in july which gina's clapping you can't see that she's clapping but she is because she loves the story uh the first installment is up on ream platform because like gina i am using the ream platform for my fiction it's for paying members now i think i'm going to start doing uh public free 
installments, probably sometime in October, November. I've been writing that every day and that's been a lot of fun. I'm just really having a good time just letting that story rip. And then I'm doing some edits on Wolves of Harmony Heights so I can get that up on Ream for followers to be able to have access to that older story. And, you know, just thinking about stories I want to work on next. I've got such a plateful that I've always just, oh, I want to work on more stories. So that's been a lot of my energy these days. That's where Good I'm stuff. at. Yeah. Good stuff. It's all, it's all good. It's just like, it's one of those, you get to the end of the week and you're like, what did I do this week? Because you're just doing so many things and you're just mm-hmm. exhausted. So that's, yeah. that's been a little bit of my life for the last couple of weeks. And I, and I wanted to optimism. mention, although I haven't had time for much writing, I do subscribe both to Gina and Kimbu's uh substack whatever your yeah. subscription i i subscribe Substacks. to it <laughs> yes and i, I have i'm loving your stories i have i have to tell you i'm really loving your stories gina i love that one you wrote for about nate and oh, yeah. that was the impotence for the impetus for the n- novel you're working on yeah oh mm-hmm. love 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 that and Thank yours you. too kimbu just very insightful made me think <sighs> So I highly recommend y'all subscribe to it. The links are on our website. Yep. Everything that we talk about, if it's there, if it exists online, we've got links to it. Uh, But speaking of talking about stuff, now that we're all caught up in what we're doing, we are moving on to the next step of the creativity quest. Yes. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to the mistress of the quest. You're like our dungeon master on Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) right now. Like you're leading us through the quest of creativity. We're up to, I don't know what. I can't tea. spell, so I don't T, right? Uh, yes. But <laughs> taking ownership. So, you, you know, enough of my babbling. Gina, make some sense of this for me. <laughs> All right. I will do my best. Um, just as a quick recap, we have been talking about this creativity quest. And um, if you haven't noticed it, if you've listened to past episodes, we are going through uh, each stage or Um, phase of the quest. And I am going to put a little bit of new language around that now. We're going to call these guideposts because this is a journey. This is not a linear journey. It can be windy, windy. It can be loopy. Um, Oh, I really like that. Like, I'm going to stop because like we've been going back and forth. Are they a stage? Are they a phase? Mm -hmm. Are they a step? Like, I I like that terminology. That's guideposts. That's fantastic. I really, that fits. I think it's going to work better because, you know, guideposts are directional and we can go in lots of different directions when we go through any of these phases. Um, So just to recap, we've gone through carrying inner disquiet, our C. We've gone through releasing, emulating and mirroring, and assessing and acknowledging. And we've spoken about each one of these in past episodes, along with how these are manifested in our inner landscape through discussions about Melody's book, Soul of the Seasons, and how they parallel or relate to uh, the seasons, our internal seasons. So here we are at T, which is taking ownership. And this is the place when our authentic self has the greatest opening for showing up. At this stage, we are taking flight. We're diverging from any teachers or mentors that we might have been relying on, 
and we're stepping into ourselves in a greater way and stepping into our creativity in a greater way. Um, in this, when you arrive at this guidepost, it can spur on more exp exploration. This guidepost has you at a place where you are claiming a greater autonomy in the choices that you make around your creative work and, and what you want that to look like. Uh, there are, uh, there's a saying that has a number of different attributions uh, to it, including to, to Rumi. Um, it is, you are the one you've been waiting for. And mm -hmm. so this is the stage or the guidepost at which you embrace that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a little challenging in that sometimes when we arrive at this guidepost, we can get all up in ourselves. So it's really <laughs> important when you arrive here to keep this balance between claiming your truth and who you are and what you represent and what your creativity represents, keeping a balance between that and getting entangled in your ego. Hmm. Uh, the ego. Mm. Yes, yes. So there is this balance, a necessity for some humility. So believing that we are, are at our best, believing that we are arriving at the, the person, the creative person that we want to be, but balancing that with the humility because it can lead to hubris, um, which can, can kick us back. I call it looping uh, into uh, a phase of not creating, which is what happens when we, we're in that carrying inner disquiet um, phase. Uh, it can also kick us back into releasing because we clearly have some things that we have to work through if our ego is the one that is taking control. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it will kick us back into emulating and mirroring because we have more to learn. We need to re-engage with those mentors and those teachers because we've, we've gotten, you know, all proud of what we've done and yet maybe we still are not quite there yet. Um, and, and also when the hubris takes over, we might need to go back to that assessing and acknowledging guidepost because we didn't really honestly assess where we are. But when we're mm -hmm. at our best at this guidepost, it's giving us momentum toward the next guidepost, which is inviting our authentic existence. So it's a stopover on the way to really claiming that authenticity, but it is a place mm -hmm. where we are really beginning to take ownership and really beginning to, to know what it is that we want to represent in this world. So for our discussion today, ladies, mm. this may be one of the most challenging guideposts or stages, but I think that it is also one of the most revisited. As we increased our craft knowledge as we refine what we want to share with the world, as we grow as a human, I want to remind you that this is very much a place of inner work. Uh, the, the first five guideposts fall into that inner work uh, place. And so this is where the inner work is really intense. Um, and just as the assessing and acknowledging stage requires deep self-honesty, this stage does too, without that ego entanglement, you know, keeping a monitor on that ego entanglement. 
So knowing what you know now about this guidepost, I'd love Mm -hmm. to know from each of you, how has it shown up for you and how have you navigated it? And as always, when I pose my question (laughs) and I go, okay, who's going to go first? Cricket. Gina, queen of the softball. (laughs) (laughs) Love that one right in there. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump. I'm going to take that challenge, Gina. I'm going to take you up on that one. Awesome. Because uh, this is something I think for me, I think we can go back in our lives, right. And point out times that we've done this. But for me, what really speaks to me when you were talking about taking ownership is what's been happening over the past year for me, both with the subscription model that you and I have been exploring, Gina, and also the book that I just wrote and released called Become an Unstoppable Storyteller, which is all about how to craft long serial stories. Taking ownership for me in this environment and what I've been exploring on those two different topics that to me are very related is taking ownership of the fact that I really do love to write long involved stories. And I really do love to have um, an unbelievable amount of world building in my stories. Whereas in the past, I've always tried to kind of shave off those interests a little bit in order to conform to, you know, market expectations or what agents might want or what publishers are currently publishing and all of this research that I've done probably since I was a kid. I mean, we had writer's market was an annual purchase of my mother's in my youth. So there was there I've been looking at the publishing industry and the writing industry since I was a child. And taking ownership for me over the past year has really come around to accepting the kind of writing I really want to do and focusing on how to make that work instead of trying to change the type of writer I am to fit these ideas of other people of what a writer is supposed to be. So I think that fits in the taking ownership part of it. And I'm still still like poking at the corners on that. I'm not going to say it's a done deal, but uh, I feel so much more empowered in my writing acknowledging that and taking ownership of those traits of mine as a writer. So I love that you say that it's not a done deal because like I said, I think this guidepost very well may be the one that we revisit the most often because as we, you know, different parts of our lives, as we grow and as we learn more about ourselves, you know, we're different people at different times in our lives. And so I think it makes sense that we revisit this um, periodically as things in our lives shift, as we may shift our own priorities, um, both creatively and in the rest of our lives. So, no, it's not a done deal. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Sorry, this this isn't one I think we can finish either. Oh, man. (laughs) Typical. What about you, Melody? Come on, Melody, step up to the plate. What what you got for us? I love that uh, term guideposts that you use. Mm -hmm. In my book, Solo Seasons, I spoke about this as well. I use the uh, 
term waypoints, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about, you know, the map. And in an interview I heard recently where a woman was, a teacher was mentoring uh, a young man and didn't like, he had big dreams, but she didn't care for where he was headed. And she said to him one day, you need to change your map. There are a lot of maps and maps change over time and you need to change the map you are following. That was so profound to me and our understanding. That's why maps change over time as well. There's different maps depending on where you want to go in your journey and maps change over time based on our understanding of the terrain. Somebody else I knew asked me, what is the most important thing about a map? And everybody listed off a bunch of stuff. And they said, no, the most important about a, thing about a map is knowing where you are on the map. Mm-hmm. Well, Otherwise, yeah. the map is of no use to me. And that knowing where I am on the map to me signifies authenticity. I might want to be mm-hmm. over there in the mountains, but I'm in the desert right now. And me <laughs> acting as if I'm in the mountains is not going to help me in the desert. Mm. And so learning to be honest with myself and my work. Um, I remember during the writing of the Soul of the Seasons, I threw everything in the first few drafts, including the kitchen sink and the neighbor's backyard. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sure Gina was going, okay, now we're (laughs) going to be wading through the weeds through a little bit. Uh, She gave me some great... Uh, feedback on my writing and then left it to me to sort it out and I I clearly remember the time when I sent back towards the final revision and her note to me was something akin to like I had tears uh, because you have found your voice Mm. and that that's powerful it was so powerful to hear that and to know it. I knew it inside. I knew what was me and what was me trying to emulate my favorite writers or me thinking what, you know, my readers would want to hear. And I have a cadence and I have a particular way of uh, unfolding a story. And coming into that was a huge aha for me. Mm -hmm. And it helped really clarify the work that needed to be done. Uh, be done going forward. I think that when we slip into performative mode, mm-hmm. we feel it. We feel it. Yeah. So yeah. when you said, you know, I was giving you the external validation, you'd found your voice, but you felt it inside. You knew that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's something that we all need to pay more attention to. That's been something I've been challenged with. Because it, it it requires some notice of, you know, intuition and our bodily responses and those kind of things. And that is something that I just, we don't teach people how to do that very well. Mm-hmm. And so really paying attention to that, I think, can inform how we navigate to and through this particular guidepost. And something you mentioned about the map that really... Um, 
that really struck a bell with me. And I don't want us to get, I know it's a rabbit hole we could go down, ladies. So, okay, this is just a warning. <laughs> yeah. You All know, right. We're bracing ourselves. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> we have talked about this in a previous episode. But I think that another thing that looking at the map and where we are on that map, another thing about that map that is very important are the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it is those boundaries that we can pay attention to and use in a way that can support us in this taking ownership. Because I don't know about you guys, but um, there's a word that I have a hard time saying sometimes. I'm getting better at it, but it's no. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be discipline, but go. (laughs) No. When I don't use that word often enough, it takes me away from my creative work because I'm committing to do things that other people want me to do instead of what I want to do. And that is taking me away from claiming ownership of my creative life and of of really giving myself the time and the focus that's necessary to recognize when I am being authentic. And to be able to say, yes, this is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. And this is what I want my art to represent. Mm. And I have uh, a challenge, I think, of a habit of picking up other people's maps. Ooh. Oh. And Interesting. Say more. Say more. Yes. Yes. You know. What would so and so do? What would my favorite author do? What would my teacher do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which may be all valid information and wisdom, but it it's not mine. And I think, you know, we when we had that exchange between Gina and I during the writing of my book, I felt like I found my map. And it was so grounding to me. It was grounding because, you know, when you're working off of somebody else's maps and guideposts, you know, it, it you get blown around. You don't know, is this, is this really my idea or is it something about their idea? You know, is it really what I want to do? I don't know what I want to do. But once you land in that space where your authenticity is grounded in truth and integrity, you know it. And it actually makes things much easier. Mm. Mm. What you were saying there is a perfect example. I've mentioned before that you can be at any one of these stages, phases, guideposts. You can be in more than the, more than one at a time. And that's hard for people to get their mind around. But that's a perfect example that you mentioned when you were talking about picking up someone else's map and wondering what would your mentors do. So here you are approaching taking ownership and you're feeling like you're getting close, but you still have one foot in emulating and mirroring because you're, you're reaching back to what would your mentors do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfect illustration of how we can almost exist in two places at once on this map. Oh, that's, that's very insightful for me. Yeah. That that really is, and I, I I love the the map analogy that we're going with right now because I was really struck by the idea of what you said about it, Melody. That 
a map is only useful to you if you know where you are. Like mm-hmm. I'm here in North Florida. If I had a map of California and I did not know where I am, then the map of California is not going to be very helpful to me. <laughs> like I was like, I'll, I'll be looking for highways that don't exist. I'd be looking for cities that don't exist. I'd be looking all around. And I think, you know, sometimes when we look at other people's maps, we get caught in that emulating and mirroring because we're, you know, trying to find these locations, trying to find these things sure. when, cause we haven't really figured out where we are. And that is to me kind of what I uh, very vividly shows what I was going through in the years where I was trying to make it as an author by following other people's maps. Mm. I didn't really know where I was, but everybody mm. told me this map is the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And I kept trying to follow the map and not going where everybody else was. And it just, I was so confused, but I was, I was trying to do it that way and shying away from taking ownership because I was scared of what taking ownership would reveal and result in. Cause I, I don't, I mean, I don't know, Gina, that's yeah. a little, you know, taking a sideways view of it, but I, I think there was real fear there. It's like, if I take ownership of this and do my thing is, is is that going to sink the ship? Like, is it just uh-huh. is it going to go down in flames? Are yeah. you creating a, a a map that's useless? <laughs> right. That's a right. Fear, or, right. Here they be dragons. You sail off the end of the map and you fall yeah. off the world, and uh, there you go. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and to be fair, some of these maps are perfectly legitimate for the people who wrote them and the people that share a similar vision. If that person is not you, again, it's like being in Florida, having a map of California. Really interesting. I love looking at maps. Not helpful. (laughs) I cannot get from here to where I'm going by looking at California. But don't you think that we have to pick up a lot of different maps before we really figure out where we are? Mm. I think we often do. Yeah. I mean, there's a few people that... Uh, and God bless them that know since they were five what their map is and real clear about it. I was not one of those people. I was more like jazz in my thirties. <laughs> well, before I, I, I started gets, looking at maps, different maps. It gets back to the emulating and mirroring. Like we have to look at other people's maps, you know, and I think of, you know me, I love tall ships and the age of sail and, and you know, the importance of the captain. A lot of people think the importance of the captain was because the captain, you know, was in charge of everybody. It was the manager of the ship, right? But the, actually, the importance of the captain was that the captain had enough experience sailing in enough different waters under other captains that he could look at mm-hmm. a landscape around them or weather around them and no matter what the map was saying he would be able to say no there are shoals over there i can tell by the looks of the waves it was the experience of the act of sailing that made him the captain uh an ideal way but he had to get that by by riding on a lot of other boats and mm-hmm. ships mm-hmm. before he would have the knowledge that would make him someone who could yes handle that type of responsibility so i you know i'm 
throwing analogies around and metaphors around here, but that was something works, that I thought it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, cause yeah. you do, you have to try other people's maps. You have to ride on other people's ships. You have to figure this out so that mm-hmm. you know what you, I would never have discovered myself as a serial author if I hadn't for years been exposed to serial stories. I just mm. didn't know it. I didn't realize the effect that it had on me or that that was something I wanted to do. And let us not forget how much we can be supported in this entire journey when we are willing to embrace the idea of being a beginner. Mm, when we are willing to, to recognize I still got stuff to learn and that is going to help me get to the place where I can mm-hmm. live fully into the creative life that I can only imagine. I mean, okay, so here we are back to the ships thing, you know, hubris sinks ships, hubris mm-hmm. sunk the Titanic because they were going too fast. There you go. Don't there sink you your ship, buddies. Like, yeah. <laughs> hubris will get you every time. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good place for us to kind of wrap things up and we'll we'll continue to talk about this topic though in our next episode when we will relate it to I think it's the season of summer, right, Melody? It is the season of summer because summer includes the qualities of leadership and authenticity and uh, truth, being grounded Mm -hmm. in truth. Excellent. So it dovetails very nicely. Great. And we're going to have, as usual, a worksheet uh, attached to this podcast episode on our website, aroundtheriderstable.com. That's including also all of the other resources and links to other episodes that we've talked about on our website. You can go and also see the transcript as well as there's a comment form. We would love to hear from you. We get way too much spam. Come on, people, give us some real comments. You know, feedback on the episode, things you'd like us to cover, that can be found on our website. You can listen to our podcast on our website, but also on the major distributors. I don't know who you're listening through right now, but we are on Spotify. And as of now, we are almost all the way on YouTube. (laughs) There's a slight (laughs) delay while I catch up all the old uh, episodes. So if you're listening to podcasts on YouTube, you can catch us there now as well. So we definitely would love that for everybody to stop by our website, leave a comment, give us a thumbs up or a heart or whatever the heck review of on your podcast. podcast listening app du jour i guess that's it we'll see y'all next time bye everyone yeah thank you listeners ready to go (laughs) thanks for being here thanks everybody thanks for joining us around the writer's table please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at around the writer's table.com music provided with gracious permission by langtree A link to their music is on our homepage at AroundTheWritersTable.com. Everyone here around the Writers' Table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.